This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 34. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. How are you, Lisa? Never better. What I, are you going to say now? Because I just I, took yours. Yeah, exactly. I am so thrown off. Let's just start over. <laughs> <laughs> I am good. How are you? How's that? <laughs> you got to talk faster, though. You had the pitch right. It's I am just, good. How are you? There you go. That was pretty accurate. <laughs> that was good. Hey, I liked it. All right. I don't need you. You know, I'll just, I'll just do the show by myself. <laughs> no, that would be entertaining. <laughs> Uh, to to me and maybe my mom. <laughs> All right. So this is a show about the art of colored pencils where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty-gritty of this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to be answering some of your guys' question and answer. Your guys's? Did I just make up a word? Hey, I like it. I like it. That That's English for me. So. <laughs> So yeah, th- this is this is pretty exciting, um, and a, a big thank you to all of you who uh, sent in questions. Um, we're probably not going to get to all of them, uh, but we have a set here that we're that we have laid out, and we're going to answer these. So, our first question: we've got a couple of questions here from Anna, and she's been um, a friend of the show for for a long time, and she asks. Number one, when using white over black or grays, I'm getting a blue color. How do I stop this? What do you think, Lisa? Two things. One, why are you using the white over the black? I mean, it, the only way, the reason that I'm going to put white over black is to lighten up that white or black, and it, or white or black, that gray or black. If I have a cool gray and I add white to it, I'm going to come up with a more blue color. It's just something that I need to know is going to happen. If I'm trying to light it up and turn it back to white, then I need to let the white of the paper show through or start with white in the first place. So this is one of those things. It's not that the colors are doing something wrong. This is just how they behave together. And that's something that you want to be aware of. It's why I always keep a scratch piece of paper next to me so I can see what's going to happen when I layer certain colors. Often that blue color is because you're using a cool gray. But it's not something that something's going wrong or something that you need to change. It's just something you need to be aware when you layer in that way. So if you don't want the blue cr- color when you're adding white, you want to use a different color underneath it. Yeah, good point. And I, uh, one thing you said there that I think is very, very critical is you need to make sure, and I'm guessing that you're doing this, that you're, if you've listened to uh, this show very long and you listen to Lisa, um, that you are using a test paper um, when you're discovering this, that this isn't happening on your drawing. Okay, so that being said, it, I've experienced this as well a little bit in the past. I remember this, and I remember getting a filmy kind of bluish color over black, and I don't remember why I layered a white or a lighter color over black. But let me let me tell you, um, when I started, when I was doing this, uh, it was pretty early on when I was experimenting with colored pencils, and I remember. 
looking into it just a little bit and enough to be convinced that – and I don't remember how I came to this knowledge, but may, maybe you uh, – correct me if I'm wrong here, Lisa. Maybe you know a little bit more about definitely this. definitely need to be corrected. <laughs> um, but what happens is the manufacturers, they, you know, they don't have a pigment that is just black. More than likely, they're combining colors together. And so uh, you're, you, you don't know what's going into that particular pigment to create the black. And it could be that there is more blue hues in that uh, black uh, that created that black than any other colors that they use, a red or a green or whatever could be there's more blue in it you know that that's one thing to keep in mind also colors uh, uh when they oxidize if we're talking about a wax pencil they tend to change they can change uh hue and you can get a different look to it and different color but to lisa's point there that's exactly right if you're using the cool grays then yeah there is blue in that i mean that's that's one of the the characteristics of that hue and so uh, yeah, think about what you're doing there, and on that test paper, you know, it a black should be reserved for, in my opinion, a black should be reserved for a, a very small use case. I don't, I don't hardly ever use black, but I and know Lisa I use uses it a lot. I use a ton of it. I, that's one of the pencils I go through faster than ever, anything, so I'm a huge, huge fan of black, but, but I, I'm not typically putting white on top of it either. Yeah, yeah, and but I, I do use dark, dark um, values, I, I, dark uh, colors, and I'm mixing two together, two or three together to, to get me a black color, but yeah... Stay. Try to stay away from using white or a lighter color over on top of a, such a, a deep uh, a color like that. It, I, I just don't think it's going to work all that well. No, no. Honestly. Mix the color that you wanted first and then work the dark blacks and blues around it instead. That's going to help you keep your colors closer, I think, to whatever it is that you're trying to create. Right. Okay. Number t- Anything else on that, Lisa? Oh, I'll probably think of something like when, an hour after we stop recording. Okay, call me back up. We'll record it. <laughs> I'll be in bed. No. <laughs> Number two, then, she asks, when doing portraits, is it better to burnish the face or just pile on layers until you can't add any more or use a brush? And I'm scared of OMS. Okay, well, you want me to talk about this for a minute? You can start. Um, there's so many different ways to do yeah. it that there's no one right answer on this one. So I'll let right. you go ahead and talk about well, how you do it. Let's do this. Let's break this one down into uh, talking about the, the burnishing and and then let's talk about OMS, I guess. How's that? Mm, um, it's hard for me to separate the two. Well, she's saying she's scared of OMS. I mean, okay, let, let's think about it like this. She's talking about whether she should burnish or not, now that's an opinion. I mean, she can if she wants or she can't, um, whatever she wants to do. Or she can uh, pile up layers. Well, okay, here's one thing about that. Yeah, you can do either one. For me personally, what I prefer, um, and this is just a preference, is I like to leave some texture for the face because there's nothing more exciting than getting towards the end of a, a portrait and looking back and it nearly looks like skin. You know, I don't I don't know how else to say that. You've got some kind of texture there that is not shiny that you get with with burnishing on paper. Uh and then it's not but it's not exactly rough either. It's kind it it nearly has a reflective quality just like skin does. And I don't know, to me that it just adds a little bit more to it um uh, for me personally. I, I just kind of like that. But Yeah, see, it's one of those things that and no matter what 
methods. There's going to be so many methods you could choose from, and right. no one way is better than the other. No, You're going to figure out what you like to do. For me personally, I love odorless mineral spirits, but I do some burnishing as well. And we can look at artists like Wendy Lane or Heather Rooney. They just burnish everything. R- r- like right from the beginning, they're using a lot of pressure. And Cecile, Cecile, Baird, Cecile yeah. Baird does that as well. And their now, work is amazing too. I mean, the yeah, end it result, is. it's you can get there's seriously well, 20 different say, ways to get to the same end. Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing I was going to say is that by the time that you're done and at, when I'm done with a with a portrait though and I spray it with fixative and then I spray it with a gloss, it looks the same as what anyone else that did a a, a burnished piece does. Yeah. So it you know it's it just it's just a preference. It the actual finished result looks nearly identical uh, as yeah. far as the texture is concerned. I, I would never put myself on par with any of those artists we just talked about. But I'm just talking about the end result of that finished look. It looks about the same. Yeah, so. I would say try several methods because you're going right. to figure out what works best for you. What works best for one person does isn't going to work the best for me for various reasons, whether it's because burnishing hurts my hand and I've got arthritis in that hand or it, that just that technique doesn't work right for me, you know, it, as well right. as the odorless mineral spirits. Now, as far as your question about being a little bit scared of odorless mineral spirits, you didn't say what it was that scares you. So I'll go ahead and address what I I typically hear because I think that'll, Mm -hmm. chances are I'm going to cover whatever it is that you're scared with. The first thing is a lot of people are hesitant because they think it's this horrible, toxic thing that's going to kill you. Just... I mean, you want to leave your lid on it. Don't leave the the lid open and sit there huffing it. Don't inhale mass quantities of it. And you'll you're taking all the fun out of it. Now. I know, I know. <laughs> but I keep mine in a little. It's kind of like a Tupperware type container. That's it's a lock. I think they're Lock and Lock is the brand that I use. But it locks. It really seals that in there very well. Leave the lid on whenever you're not actually using it. And I don't mean, oh, I'm working on colored pencil today, so I'm leaving the lid off of it. No, because a pet could walk by and drink out of it. You could knock it over. That's my biggest thing. I knock them over. Mm-hmm. But um, the, those fumes do get in the air, and you don't want to inhale that constantly. So just put the lid on. Dip your paintbrush in it. Put the lid back on. I have never had a problem. And with me, I'm really sensitive to a lot of different chemicals. I get headaches really bad very quickly. I have never had a problem with odorless mineral spirits. I've actually had much bigger problems with some of the ones that were supposed to be natural, all natural, perfectly non-toxic, and those nearly closed up my lungs. So, I mean, you've got to figure out what you're comfortable with. But for me, I've never, ever had issues, but I'm cautious. I'm careful I leave the lid on that. The other thing that I know a lot of people are a bit scared of is that they're having to actually use a paintbrush to apply it, and they're afraid that it's going to mess up the work. Just practice on a scratch piece of paper. You don't have to, you know, I would not do your first time straight onto your project. That's something that I do all the time, actually, and I don't recommend it because bad things can happen. But it's best if you test it on a scratch piece of paper first, just so you get an idea of what is going to happen couple of tips if you are going to try it i'm not going to let john talk apparently um (laughs) couple of tips when i do my first layers with colored pencil i've got about three to four layers of colored pencil on the paper before i blend with paint thinner my first few layers with the paint thinner i'm using a pretty good amount of paint thinner on the brush not enough that it's running down the paper but it's a good amount i let it dry completely before i add additional layers or you can damage the tooth of that paper so once it's dry each additional set of layers i do another three or four layers blend with paint thinner, another three or four layers blend with paint thinner. As I get further towards the end of the piece,
piece. I use less and less paint thinner on that brush till I get to the end when there's almost none on it. The brush is nearly dry, just barely, barely damp. Because as you build up layers, if you've got too much paint thinner on there, you can actually remove too much of your your colored pencil from the paper. So if you just test it on a little piece of paper first, it's really not that scary. And like I said, with the, the odors, um, Gamsol is supposed to be less toxic. They work exactly the same. It costs a little yeah. bit more. I've never had a problem with the Mona Lisa odorless mineral spirits or paint thinner, so I just stick with that. But you may want to try Gamsol um, instead and see how that works for you. Gamsol's my favorite. I, I use that all the time. Okay, now, but I, I don't use OMS very often. On the last portrait I did, I only used it in the hair, uh, just a, a little tiny bit, because it, it was a lot of coverage that I had to take care of. And so I put uh, about a couple of layers on, very, very dark pencil. It was a dark umber. And then I used the OMS on that to kind of spread it out, blend it in, and get a lot of coverage in there. So... Uh, it just it just speeds things up a little yeah, bit. It's it hard really to does. cover things um, whenever you're just relying on layers. So everything that we're talking about here, though, this is a good question because this all has to do with mixing and with blending. And with colored pencils, you do that directly on your project. You don't do it on um, a palette. Uh, you're not over here yeah. with oils mixing with a knife and then applying it. So everything is done right there directly on your drawing. And so everything that you talked about here in this question, whether or not to burnish, whether or not to just pile up a lot of layers or uh, use OMS, all has to do with mixing and burnishing. And when you use layers, what you're actually doing is you are putting one semi-transparent layer over on top of the other one, and so varying your tonal value or using uh, tracking, and what I'm talking about is increasing the amount of a layer uh, of one of those colors of pencils versus the other uh, pencil, you can vary uh, the hue. My point about that is there are things you can do with layering that sometimes might be more difficult to do with just going to OMS to try to mix things together or, or burnishing. Now, one thing I, I feel like you have more control whenever you, you do a lot of layers. One thing that I want to mention, and this is something that I think I confuse people a lot on because I use the term that I'm blending. I'm really not. I don't think that's the right word to use. I'm not mixing the blue into the red. Yeah, they'll smudge a little, but what I'm doing is actually causing that pigment to dissolve into the paper, which gets into all those little crevices, so none of the white of the paper is showing through. I'm just pushing whatever colors down. So if I wanted to blend blue into red, I'm gonna do that in the layering process before I add the, motor, the odorless mineral spirit. The odorless mineral spirit is going to make those colors more bold. It's going to really, it, it'll change a lot, so that's why you want to it on the paper first. But blending isn't really, I think, the, the term that you would expect. People think of blending like what we do with acrylic or oil, where we're mixing the two colors together and coming up with something totally different. That's not really what's going to happen with the odorless mineral spirit. This oh, is, I, I, I got you. I get your point about that now. Okay. Yeah, this is sense. just... Um, I, I use that term, though, only because maybe a lot of people do. I, oh, no, I use the and, term all the time, and I know yeah. I've been confusing people lately because I had a few questions about that, so I figured it'd be worth yeah. bringing up here, too. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I see the differences that you're, that you're pointing out there. Uh, the, only, the only thing about it is, I mean, you are, you are in effect, mixing the colors together. Um, yeah, you're making because you've layered one. Other. Yeah, because you're breaking down those binders in uh, the the pencil um, pigment. But uh, it's not like you're going to create soft poofy clouds unless you layered to draw the soft poofy clouds. Just adding the paint thinner is not going to make them blend and get you know. 
You're not right, going to fade right. softly from your light, your blue to your white, if you no, didn't apply true. the layers that way in the first place. Yeah, it's not going to cover up a lot of uh, mistakes and a lot of errors either. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing about it. you got to start with a, a good drawing. Going back again to which is better, there's no way for any one person no. to tell you. And if somebody tries to tell you their way is the only way, you probably shouldn't listen to anything that person has to say. There are so many different things, different ways that you can get an, multiple effects that you would yeah. like. You just want to try them all out and see what works best for you. Yeah, and then you can pick and choose out of your mm-hmm. toolbox which one you're going to use on whichever project. And I personally, I both burnish and layer. Well, both is not the right word there. I burnish, I layer, and I blend with the odorless mineral spirits. I'm using them all. So, I mean, mm. they all mix well together. It's not like you have to only choose one way. Do you want to go into okay. the next one? So Nick writes, my biggest question at the moment are what qualities to look for in surface selection or how qualities of different common surfaces would impact the colored pencil medium. Also, I am many years removed from doing artwork, and my experience from then was mostly graphite conte for drawing and oil painting. So I'm a complete novice when it comes to quality work in colored pencil. So so some guidance to solid resources for techniques would be a huge boon. Thanks again, and I look forward to some great conversations in the group. So the main question first would be what qualities to look for in surface selection. This is another thing that is um, opinion-based. I mean, pretty much you can do what you want to do there. The, the thing about it is, though, to, to keep in mind, is that when you're choosing your surface, there are some surfaces that are going to be just a little more forgiving than others. My recommendation, if you're just starting out with a colored pencil, is – And if you're just coming back to art, just like I was just a few years ago, then you want to try to make this as simple as possible at the beginning so you can kind of get used to the materials and used to what you're doing here. And for me, what what really worked well was I tried to stay away from a completely smooth surface. And I'll tell you why. With colored pencil, if you're using a completely smooth surface – and you have a very heavy hand at all, you're not going to be be able to remove what you put down. If you use multiple lighter uh, lighter to medium uh, layers and you've got a little bit of tooth on the paper, then and the one I, the one I really, really like is uh, Stonehenge. I mean it, it's a very forgiving paper um, as long as you don't use OMS or you don't burnish early on, but you use some lighter layers, especially it's actually be- fine beginning with starting out. spirits. But if you use these lighter layers, you can completely erase that. Uh, no, I, I'm not, not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying that if you need to erase, you have that oh, gotcha, option. Gotcha. You know, you have that option from the beginning if you're uh, using a lot of different layers and doing it rather lightly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I need to put out this video, Lisa. I can use, I can, I can build up, I would say, I'm going to challenge myself to maybe 15, 20 layers, and then I'm going to remove that and get completely back to white paper. Now, I, I, of course, I'm going to destroy some of the tooth of the paper when I do that, but not a lot. And I, I just want to show that that's possible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I don't know if that was a whole lot of help there, but... <laughs> The surfaces, I mean, they do make a big difference. And just like Lisa was recommending a while ago, test, you know, get some different surfaces together and some different pencils and just go to town testing on it and using, do what I I refer to it as test swatching. You just get little swatches, uh, little squares or whatever, and you're just applying the colored pencil to it. And then you just kind of look at it and test with it with erasers and with, a burnishing or or adding your layers and see what happens discover 
what you can do whenever you The nice you thing is a lot of these up. papers, you can just buy a single large sheet. So mm-hmm. you don't have to get a huge pad. I mean, for $5, you can get a right. sheet of the Fabriano Artistico. That's my favorite. The other thing is look at what type of art you're trying to create. Find other artists who are creating already what you like. What paper are they using? Try it out because chances are there's a reason that they're using that paper. Like John said, I don't like Bristol Vellum. It is too smooth. The colored pencil, I don't think you get great saturation with it. I've seen people do amazing things with it. It's not my choice. Um, the Stonehenge individual sheets, I love that. I love the Fabriano Artistico. And that one, that's how I found it, was finding an artist, Alan Woolett, who does these amazing bird mm-hmm. drawings. And he does a lot of flamingos, and flamingos are one of my personal favorites. But um, he had done some that my jaw just dropped, and I'm like, that is what I want my work to look like. So I contacted him. What paper are you using? And he told me I bought it, and it is amazing. I mean, it really does work well for that style of art. So figuring out what you're trying to do, what other artists are using, and going that way. The only paper, like I said, I don't like the Bristol Vellum. I do not like the Strathmore colored pencil paper. That is absolutely terrible. And I also don't like dark colored paper, like black papers. Those just don't, you can't get your whites wide enough. I've seen some pretty work done with them, but it just, I think you've got a lot more control with white or pale colored papers. Even fawn is fine. I prefer white, but I mean, anything light colored, I think is a better choice, but definitely try some out. I've seen some of these uh, that are done in black uh, with a black uh, support and in person. And I, I can tell you online, when I look at them in a Facebook group or something, they look amazing um, because they've turned up the contrast. When I see them in person, I they always are a lackluster kind of experience. Um, but anyway, there, they're, again, that's just a, a personal preference a little bit. But you say something in here that uh, I just wanted to mention very quickly, I mean, you, you talk about that you have experience with using graphite and Conti pencil and oil painting. So the, you've got a lot of experience with several different mediums now. And when you're coming to colored pencil, um, you know, to Lisa's point, I mean, look at some of the people that you admire. There's some reason why you were drawn to colored pencil, pardon the pun there, but you wanted to do this. And so look at the materials that that artist is using and try to emulate that. Like Lisa's using the artistic Fabriano Artistico because uh, she saw Alan Willett's work. And, you know, by that same token, I'm I'm using the papers that I do um, mostly Stonehenge because of other people's work that I saw that I admired. But, you know, you're going to do just fine. And don't think of yourself as, as a co- complete novice or, or that, you know, you're not going to do well at this. I, I think you are because of all of that background uh, information that you have with those other mediums now. Yeah, and you had asked for some solid resources for technique. There are so many out there. There's, of course, the Colored Pencil Magazine. That's a great one. YouTube is amazing. The amount of information on YouTube. If you can find the good artists out there. I mean, there's a lot of people who are new to making videos and the videos are not that helpful. But keep looking until you find an artist that you can connect with and that is teaching what you're trying to do. I mean, there's just so much free stuff available for you on YouTube. And then, of course, you've got stuff like Patreon. Like I've got my Patreon account. There are a lot of other artists out there that have their Patreon account where they're offering slower videos for a very, very low fee. So that's an option. There are some books that are really good. 
there's, I like the colored pencil Bible or the, I think it was called the colored pencil Bible. That one had some great tips in it. One of the things that I did find with a lot of books is that sometimes they're worded in a way that makes it way more difficult than it needs to be way more. So if you look at one of these That's books true. and you think, oh, this isn't for me. I don't think this is going to work out. Do it anyway. Take those few tips out of that book. There were some priceless tips for me in that book. Take those tips and ignore the rest. If it's just some of the way that they word it, I'm like, I could have just, you took three pages to describe something that I would have had to explain in two sentences. I don't understand why you're making it this hard. So that is going to happen. Don't let it discourage you if you do find books out there. Because like I said, there's a lot of them. And that Colored Pencil Bible is an amazing book. But there are a few things that I think can get overwhelming for a newer artist, just the way that it's explained. It's not that the information is wrong. It's just explained in a way that makes it feel more difficult than it needs to be. So and that's the uh, Colored Pencil more. the colored pencil uh, Painting Bible, right, um, Lisa? Is that the one you're referring to by Maybe Alana Nicholson? Maybe I have to look it up on my Kindle. Okay, it's got the uh, glass with the lemon. Uh, yeah, the yellow. I know it. it's like yellow and black on the cover. Yes, the yes, yes. Now, now she did a, a very, very good job on this book. But, but, but you're correct. Um, it is more like a uh, a go to resource. Um, you can look back in the index and kind of figure out what you're struggling with that kind of thing. But it is pretty exhaustive in um, in in many respects. It's not a light reading kind of thing. No, it's, no, it's, it's something not. You're, you're and like I said, some of the way that stuff's over. worded, I was like, wait, what? That's yeah, way, yeah. I mean, it's it not is, that hard. Yeah, it it is a very good book, and it, it's a good yes, resource. Very good. But I tell you, especially coming back uh, to art after a break, uh, th one of the things that'll help quite a bit is looking at what some of these other artists are asking in Facebook groups. And there's uh, there's probably a hundred or two hundred different uh, colored pencil groups now. I mean, every t I'm exaggerating slightly, but every not time I much. go on Facebook, <laughs> there's so many different colored pencil groups and. There's a lot of questions that, that people will um, ad address in these groups. It's such a good environment, typically, that you can ask a question as a novice or as someone coming back to art, and it'll be addressed uh, by a number of artists. Uh, it's a very good way to just get some information. Now, you just have to take it with a grain of salt sometimes because... Um, depending on who answers you, you know, sometimes they'll think that their method is better than than uh, the next person's method. But but it, it's a good way to get a lot of good information quickly. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Anonymous asks, how do I get the right color? And is it necessary to mix colors together to get the right color? Do I need a large set of colored pencils to do this? Such a good question. Mm -hmm. so Go ahead. For me... Um, to get the right color, it depends on what the color is. It's there's, This isn't like a one-size-fits-all. There are certain colors of a grayish-blue turquoise, like one I was recently doing on a colored pencil piece, and I had to mix three or four colors to get the right shade. But if I had that pencil in that color, I... I wouldn't have to mix at all. I mean, you don't have to mix if you've got a pencil that's already the color that you need, and that's going to happen a lot. As far as needing a large yeah. set of pencils... I recommend it, but you don't have to have it. You can layer, you can blend. It's a lot easier. The more colors you have available to you, I'm telling you, it will be so much easier for you. But it's not something that you absolutely have to have to get started. If you've only got a small set, use what you've got because we've talked about this all the time. The values are what matters, not the color. The color is not nearly as big of a deal as everyone makes it out to be. It's your values. Get your darks dark enough and your lights light enough. Yeah, very true. Now, if... 
if proportion and values aren't correct and line drawing isn't right, then yeah, the colors don't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, let's assume for a second those are uh, going well and you've drawn it correctly. Your drawing looks good. The thing, the thing about using a pre-manufactured color for something like I'm going to grab the flesh color because this is a, a person's a, this is a portrait this is a person's head I'm just going to color flesh everywhere. What happens when you do that is you end up with a flat drawing. You end up with something that um, does not look as convincing. Remember, we're we're magicians here. We're we're illusionists. We're trying to convince somebody that they're seeing something that doesn't really exist. And so, it, for me, I like to try to use several colors to achieve. Um, to achieve the look that I'm going for with with regard to hue because there are variations even within the two or three colors. It, say I'm only going to use two or three uh, hues to create skin, then I'm still going to have varying degrees of the... What is that word I'm looking for? There's still going to be varying degrees of the value of that particular pencil... And all three of those pencils are going to be laid down with varying degrees of value. These different ways of convincing the viewer that this is this is skin, you know, that kind of thing. You can't hardly you you're not going to be as convincing at doing that. I don't think if you're using one color. Well, it depends on what you're doing, though. I think what you're talking about is where your values come into play. It's not something like, if I was going to do a face, there's no such thing as one color that you can do on the whole face and have the face look realistic. Anything that you do, you're going to have to add other colors to get your shadows and your highlights and that sort of thing. So that's going to be an additional color. But when you're doing something like I was talking about with the curtain, I can do a solid base color, and I'll do the same with skin. I'll do a solid base color, and then I can come on top of it with my shadows and my highlights and add those additional things into it. So, yeah, no, you're right at no point am i going to have one single color all over a whole area so i guess that we're kind of answering the question two different questions almost because i was talking about more like my base layer but yeah you're right you're always going to come on top with other colors in addition to that in order to create the like in the curtains i had to create the look where the curtains were folding and wavy and And that is the values you're right and that and that base layer is good to have because uh, otherwise you don't have hardly any direction to go in if Mm -hmm. you don't have something like that but to the point of a large set i mean yeah it's great to have a large set but here's the thing you 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 don't necessarily I don't want this to be a barrier to anybody either. You don't necessarily have to have just this large set. I think you can get by with about four pencils when you're starting out at yeah, least. Yeah, absolutely. And you start can, with you those just four start. good pencils or, you know, just yeah. a handful of good pencils versus thinking I can only – if I get a large set, I can only afford – this lower quality one. Don't do that. Oh yeah, get, don't do that. Yeah, get the get just a handful of the good pencils, and you can right. really create a whole lot with that. Yeah, very. That's a that's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, I guess to answer your question, yeah, the right color is subjective, and so the values are more important, like we said, and mixing the colors to get the right color just just stay away from the idea of right color mm-hmm. uh, and try to navigate towards is this drawing looking uh, correctly okay we have some other um questions but i think we'll save those for another time yeah and if you guys want to submit your own questions to be featured on one of these podcasts email us at podcast at sharpenedartist.com
Yes, and we also have a page set up as well. Uh, might just mention that too. You can go if you if you'd rather. You can go to the website sharpenedartist.com slash Q and A, Q A N D A. So, and fill out that form and submit your question there, and we will answer everything that comes in. Uh, it may not no, be featured. You won't. <laughs> People, Lisa, sometimes, Lisa, trust me, people are going to submit some inappropriate things. If Lisa I'm not will answering. answer everything that comes <laughs> in. I may not, but Lisa will. Um, but it may not be featured in the show. Uh, but every every serious question, though, that does come in, um, I will make my best attempt to answer that, and we'll try to feature it on the show. Uh, if you'd rather your name not be in there, then don't put your name. Uh, I made that optional on the form. Well, I'm glad you pointed that out because there's no way they would have figured that out on the form. Well, yeah, they would because there's no answer. I know. I'm oh, oh, you're being funny. I'm picking. You're so funny. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I thought I was. I wouldn't expect any less. (laughs) If you guys want to continue the discussion, as always, you can head over to Facebook and post your question there in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. And if you like the show, you know, we've kind of fallen a little bit here with uh, ratings and not in ratings, but I mean, we've. Uh, fallen off the charts here with ratings and and reviews of the show. We're not getting very many lately. I don't, I'm not sure why. We're getting emails saying they like the show, but you could do us a really big favor and it would help in iTunes make our show more searchable if you would just go over there and leave a leave a review or a rating for us. That would really help us out a lot. So we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. I know. Yeah. Okay. You scared me now. Just just now. I'm going to turn that on. I know that will. It's recording right now, but yeah. All right. I should do that too because I just cleaned up that hard drive. I got rid of a lot of stuff. Uh, I need to do that. All right. <clears throat> a lot of energy here, even <laughs> though my throat doesn't feel like doing it. Oh, no. All right, on five. One, two, three, four. I, or the first layers, um, let me try that again. A couple of tips. When I first put paint thinner on the paper. Uh, page, start that over. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I use the ma- motor, bleh, English. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me who doesn't know your website. Although it's a little frightening that you don't. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I just changed some things today. We've been talking about this for like an hour now, haven't we? Okay, the anonymous question is hilarious, and I don't know that that's going to be the best thing to read. I just, <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know if we want, I mean, no. we can clean it up or something. I don't We'd know. We'd have to Let's clean see. that up.